0: Welcome to the Kohani podcast from me, Isaac Mwema. This is where we build each other up in the faith so that we can be a holy and priestly people. This means that we strive for and are changed by God's presence while also influencing others to be changed by that same presence. Welcome to the End Week podcast. We will talk on the need for prophetic and apostolic reformation. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the diversity of your body. You are the head. You're the one that gives instruction. You're the one that gives life to every member of the body. But that even so, Lord, you want a functional body. You don't want a crippled body. You don't want a body that is fighting against each other. But you'd want a body that functions in synergy that oh lord it is ebbing and flowing oh god that every part is performing the function to which is it is set to assist the other parts of the body to be more fruitful and that's our prayer and our desire this morning that my father you would bring such harmony in the body. We thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Our text today are from Nehemiah chapter twelve, verse forty-four, up to the whole of chapter thirteen, and also first Corinthians. The apostles and prophets are foundational for church building as a local and also a global temple of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 22 tells us that apostles and prophets are foundational in the church, Christ himself being the cornerstone, and that we as the body, we are being joined together. We as a whole structure are growing into a whole temple, a holy temple unto the Lord in whom we are being built into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit of God so this is a local and a global temple of the Lord that is growing together but the apostles and the prophets are foundational in the building of the church so these two gifts are meant to play a fatherly role on specific local churches and up to churches across regions and nations. First Corinthians 12, 27-28 Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first. God has appointed in the church first. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets. Then you have other gifts. So these are meant to play a fatherly role through which other gifts uh, find their proper expression from. So for the sake of ministerial accountability and the sanctity of worship, apostolic and prophetic reformation has always been from the Old Testament and will always be even up to the New Testament and up up to the days that we are in. It will be needed in the church. So these are ministers that are vastly different. But they are meant to coexist. The ministries of apostle and prophet and teachers and shepherds and evangelists. They are ministries that are vastly different. But they are meant to coexist together so that the church may mature wholesomely. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building of the body of Christ, until we all attain unity of the faith. And if we go ahead, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So very quickly just look at two literal examples of apostolic and prophetic reforms. And I pray that the Lord will give you a burden for it, that we may pray for that to return back to the churches so that such level of higher accountability is restored on altars and that we can have instructions coming from a fatherly place to instruct churches on a wider region and area to return back to worship and to lay structures and systems that aid the church into spiritual maturity. So the first being Nehemiah's final reforms from Nehemiah 12 verse 44 and the whole of chapter 13. I will not read it. I'll just be giving a segments here and there. His first reform was separation in order to preserve the identity of the Jews who are God's people. By separating them from foreigners who were worldly people, he banned foreigners from the assembly of God. This is Nehemiah 13 verse 1 to 3. So that separation of God's people from worldly people, that messy separation of worldliness from from godliness in the church is needed by people who come with this warfare mentality as Nehemiah. They are not coming to joke with us. They are not coming to play nice. They are not coming to just compliment us. But they will hit the nail on the head for the sake of the maturity of the body. Secondly is this. That was from Nehemiah 13 verse 1 to 3. Secondly is the sobriety of the priesthood of Israel that was corrupt and nepotistic. So Nehemiah exiled Tobiah who through the high priest Eliashib, uh, who was his relative, got a large chamber in the house of the Lord. So Nehemiah had to cleanse the misused chambers and brought back the items of worship instead. So this kind of nepotism happened because Nehemiah was not around. Uh, he was back in Babylon serving King the, the the king of Persia. Uh, of whom who had take who had taken israel uh, into captivity but that he was willing to give nehemiah resources and permission to go back and rebuild um, his his homes in his home country but that when nehemiah was there that was when Eliaship made this improper arrangement with tobiah who was his relative so a lack of Prophetic accountability leads to such selfish arrangements by priests. So th- that is from Nehemiah thirteen verse four up to nine. Thirdly, is the sustenance of the Levites and song worshippers. It was reinstated. The sustenance of Le- of the Levites and song worshippers was reinstated that many ministers were venturing to their own fields in order to survive economically. They were abandoned in the service of the Lord. So systems were set up by Nehemiah for their income so that they would minister to the Lord and the people fully. That's from Nehemiah 13 verse 10 to 14. There are critical issues to tackle such as income, uh reimbursements and uh, and 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 appraisals and 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 things like those for ministers you know and stipends that uh, bring a lot of controversy and tension and every church years will have a means of knowing how to apply what where but there needs to be a general consensus of how the church can operate and that we need people who come to bring proper accountability in such spaces, so that the church is able to function properly, and that the ministers are taken care of as they feed the people. Number four, Sabbath rest was reintroduced as a culture of God's people, so Jews together with foreigners were made uh, the day. Uh, um, Jews together with foreigners uh, made uh, the Sabbath day to be a day for tread. And that Nehemiah had to shut the gates and place men in order to stop this. And even after the the, the the traders became crafty and were lodging outside the walls, he had to rebuke them to go away. You know, that's Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 15 to 21. That what we are seeing, which is the merchandising of gifts and the merchandising of the worship of God in, in church today. That there is a need for a prophetic Voice that would rise to challenge such men and to tell them to return unto the Lord, to give freely that which they received freely and to warn the people of God that there is need for the sanctity of worship of the Lord, that they will not just commercialize the worship of God so that they obtain what they need, they will not just give seeds, you know, so that they can hear prophecy and things like those. It becomes a very um, transactional worship and a system that reads us of the Sabbath rest where we are supposed to come before the Lord without agendas, without so much of supplications, without so much of our own needs, but that we are just coming to hear his heart. There is a need of a prophetic voice that lays such proper worship to come back to the church. Lastly, is the sifting of the Jews from their unequal Yoking with foreigners through marriage. This resulted in a generation that could not speak the language of the kingdom of God. Nehemiah says that half of the children of Israel could not speak the Jewish tongue. They spoke a worldly language. They could not speak the language of the kingdom of God. Even the lineage of the high priest had one of their children marrying in the house of Sanballat, who was a foreigner and an enemy of the work of the Lord. So Nehemiah had to rebuke intermarriage and to discipline and teach the young ones the way of the Lord. So Nehemiah 13 verse 23 to 31. So we need such generals and commanders that can stand before the leaders of the army of god and bring a proper shaking in the way we conduct church and community we can also look into apostle paul's reforms only two examples and most of them just come from my general view of of first corinthians that he interact interrupted such a church that thought they were mature because they were so spiritually gifted, but that he could see loopholes in their worship, and that was addressing them and giving them reforms as an apostle. So, number one, spiritual gifts were given the right purpose in community. This is because many in the Corinthian church equated spiritual maturity to their supernatural experience. And that this left gaps in their, in their love work with other brethren. Because some would even sleep with their mother-in-laws. Carnality was prevalent in a highly gifted church. Gifts, especially tongues, that were meant to be used in koinonia, were now being uh, portrayed as spiritual trendiness and flashiness to show who is no more mature than the other. So instead, Paul calls them to pursue gifts that would edify the body, such as prophecy that builds up the body and evangelizes effectively to outsiders. Lastly, is structure in worship. That The, the, the insistence that Paul places in, 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 in verses like uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 about head coverings, it shows the insistency, the insistence on decency, and the order of exa- of exercising gifts. So God is a God of order, so that is why He's He's insisting on decency and order in exercising the gifts in the body. So how we worship communicates how much we know about God. Liturgical instructions are therefore set. For the gifts of tongues and teaching and interpretation and, and singing of hymns as the assembly of God congregates. Gifts are encouraged, yes. Desire gifts, that's what he said. So gifts are encouraged. He's not preaching cessation. He's not preaching that we should stop using gifts. Uh, people just misread uh, verses in 1 in, in Corinthians. He encourages gifts so that the koinonia flourishes. Every person has a gift. Each member of the body has gifts from which they can minister to the body to edify others. But there needs to be order in their execution. That's what he's saying. He's bringing a balance. He's not preaching cessation. So no member or gift is better than the other. So these were measures to suppress ministerial ambitions and agendas that do not edify but promote selfish motives of other people. So even uh, spontaneity is subject to order. So the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet himself. And so we we cannot just say the Holy Spirit was upon me and so I could not control myself. No, but he brings them back to the order of worship in the church. And we have seen many good movements, even worship movements, that have come that are seeking true worship, speaking, seeking spontaneous worship to go deeper into the Spirit of God. But you can see a general lacking of a good a a good backing of fatherhood and accountability that grounds them and and questions them and and, and sanctifies their motives and what they are doing. So we need to pray for such to come back to the church. That was my assignment today. Uh, May the Lord bless your end of the week.